if you hear something in the background, it's because I've got a Pokemon battle going on via Zoom in the room next door with my six-year-old. So. You're listening to Financial Insights, a podcast that helps investors through the difficult maze of financial planning and saving for retirement. I'm Brian Ullman, and I'm a financial advisor and certified financial planner at Ford Financial Group. And together with some guests and other advisors at my firm, we're talking about the issues and questions relating to finance that face our clients every day. Thanks for joining us again on the latest installment of the Financial Insights Podcast. I'm joined this week by a familiar voice, uh, Ryan Louie, who is a financial advisor and certified financial planner at our office. And we are talking about kind of how to approach um, this in-between time that we're in right now with markets. We've seen markets drop quite a bit, uh, and we find in talking with clients, there's a lot of... uh, kind of opinions on how we might go next. Uh, there are some people who are wa- still wanting to move to cash out of fear, uh, which we talk with them about, of course. But, and then there are other investors who are wanting to be opportunistic and try and take advantage of things. And so uh, I think more often than not, people land in the middle of that. And so Ryan and I are talking today about some techniques that one might use to um, make sure you're in the right position going forward or in a good position, I should say, going forward uh, as markets kind of are volatile, move up, move down, and hopefully ultimately recover here. So um, stay tuned. Uh, and here's a conversation this afternoon with Ryan and I uh, talking about timing and rebalancing and working from home. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, I'm joined, as I mentioned, by Ryan Louie, and we're kind of talking about some general things that are going on. Um, markets have been pretty volatile. Can we say, Ryan, that it's been volatile? Maybe that's an understatement. Well, yeah. I think when people say volatile, they mean down a lot of times. Uh, but in, if in the last five days, including today, so we're recording this after the market is closed on Wednesday, Fe- uh, Wednesday, April 8th, um, the the um, small cap index is up more than 10.5%. Uh, the S&P is up more than 11%. And the uh, Dow Jones for the last five trading days is up nearly 12%, 11.78. So um, that's, a, that's a heck of a run, especially when it includes last Friday, which wasn't too great for, for anything. Um, yeah, because you, know, you, you mentioned you know it goes it goes both ways the the market in terms of the volatility um, you know it we, we we get into these definitions of bull market and bear market right and you know technically a twenty percent drop um, means you're in the bear market and a twenty percent rise means you're in the bull market um, you know it, it, it just shows how fast the market has been moving you know the last call six seven. You know, almost, almost two months now, really, from the from the highs in the market in February. Um, you know, we entered into that bear market in in March, but then technically from the bottom, which was only two weeks ago, uh, right? You know, by definition, we're in a, we're in a bull market because the, the you know the Dow Jones is up you know up as of today, maybe yeah, plus of twenty five percent. It doesn't feel yeah, like a bull market. No, no, those are it doesn't look like you're on your statement, 
but it's, it's just funny again, how, how fast the, mar- the markets are moving at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we can look at the last five days and say, man, oh man, that's great. And then you can look at the last, let's say the last month, uh, Dow's down nine and a half percent over the last, over the last month and the S and P's down almost seven and a half percent over the last month. So, yeah. you know, Everything can be can be kind of cooked. You could say here, you know, we're, we're Wednesday. Monday was really good. Yesterday, what Tuesday the seventh was flat, and today the Wednesday the eighth was good. Uh, yesterday was what ended flat, but it was actually kind of maybe even more of a consequential day because the market gave up or the Dow, let's say, gave up nine hundred points. So you know, we were flying pretty high, kind of across the board, and gave it all up and then some uh, yesterday. So. Um, I think we can just go back to the original point and say that markets are volatile. We don't know one day to the next which way things are going, which um, is I think leads us really into our first topic, which is to understand that if as an investor trying to time this and time markets and catch these kinds of trades is near impossible, if not impossible, right? No matter right. how much yeah. data and information that calls as we've we've been talking to our clients and. Um, you will run so once in a while run into one of the clients that wants to put some money to work, whether that's you know some cash or whatever it may be that they're looking to buy some some stock with. Um, and the question they always pose is, you know, should I buy now? You know, because what happens if the market goes up from here, or what happens if the market goes down from here? And again, that's the whole timing instance. Right, of, it's unknowable. Hard, it's unknowable. You know, you could have gotten in at the end of 2008 and thought at the time, at the end of November, early December, that you were buying low only to get smacked again in January and February. Um, You know, you'll you'll never catch it at the bottom, which I guess is to say, you know, if you want to be opportunistic here, um, depending on what the opportunity is, you certainly could. Doesn't mean you're going to get it right. Uh, In fact, you likely won't get it right. But if you're in it for the long haul 10 years from now. You could, hand, you know, you could put money in in incremental periods. So, you know, you may not get the highs, you may not get the lows, but you're kind of spreading it out. Sure. Well, and that kind of leads to where where a lot of us are at our office, which is not that we're timing markets, but you you have a process, and part of that process is rebalancing, right? Where at rebalancing, we have targets, whether they're targets for funds or targets for sectors or asset classes, where we will, or a portfolio will, drift from there, depending on what's going on with the market. Now, in the last 10 years, that drift has tended to be where stocks are outpacing bonds, right? Right. So let's just say you have a 60-40 portfolio, and suddenly you're now 70-30 for some reason. Um, You need to trim from the stocks and add to the bonds to recalibrate things to get back at 60-40. And in essence, just by sticking with that plan and doing some rebalancing, you're selling high and buying low. Couldn't you miss out on some opportunity? Of course, of course. Um, But the rebalancing also happens the other way. When stocks drop and you're supposed to have a 60-40 portfolio, now you're 50-50, you sell some of the bonds and buy some of the stock. And chances are all of this is going on, this rebalancing, and the things that you're selling are the things you don't want to sell. Because you look and say, if stocks are doing well, oh, why are we selling the best stuff? Or, or why are we buying the worst stuff? And the answer is because we have a plan that we're trying to follow here. Well, it's, it's just about trying to keep to the risk tolerance that you signed up for. Um, so go, going back again to that 60-40 allocation, 60% stocks, 40% bond allocation. One of the things that most people talk about um, in the up market is, 
you know, like last year, for example, you know, if stocks go up 30 percent, your allocation in stocks could be at, you know, maybe even closer to 75 percent at the end of the year if you don't make any changes in the bonds don't do anything. Right. And all of a sudden you're in a much riskier position when than you were just the year before. And that may be uncomfortable with people. So that's the importance of rebalancing getting back to the risk level you are comfortable with. Absolutely. Do things deliberately. Right. Don't don't do them mistakenly. Don't suddenly have a, a more aggressive portfolio than you thought you had just because you didn't do the re- type of rebalancing that needs to be done in a portfolio so you can stick with your plan or don't unknowingly be too conservative. You know, stocks go down a lot and you're in your 30s or 40s. You suddenly have a more conservative portfolio than you probably should. And that's where. I know it's not a sexy answer for a lot of people, but when you say, oh, well, am I going to take on take opportunity or jump on this opportunity with stocks being lower? Well, you are kind of by just doing your normal rebalancing and sticking with it, um, even when it doesn't feel great for some, um, sticking with the plan of your kind of calibration here. And and it's it's not interesting for people and you're not jumping on some sort of opportunity specifically. Um, you know, rotating the tires on your car isn't all that exciting either, but it's important to keep it driving correctly. Yeah. Uh, and that's what that's what rebalancing amounts to. It is a bit opportunistic or can be, but it's also kind of that routine maintenance that goes on. And then I guess, you know, that that kind of t- segues too into um retirement plans, right? Because on retirement plan side, sometimes you can automate it within within your by your vendor, whoever whoever is managing or handling the retirement plan. Um, but a lot of times, rebalancing can also be left up to the individual running the plan. Right. 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 Yep. Yeah. You know, if you're in a self directed plan um, and you don't have one of those target date lifestyle funds, you're lo- you're probably looking into your portfolio and saying, okay, should I do something here? Um, and the answer is, you know, the answer is probably not. You know, if you if you really thought about and worked with an advisor or planned in a certain way to have a certain allocation, it's probably important to stick with that. And you may not be too far off from that because in a like in a four hundred one k, for example, you have two different allocations. You have your portfolio allocation, which is where the pot of money in what in what areas is it allocated, and then you have your contribution allocation which is something different. That means you are assigning a destination for every penny of every dollar that you put into the 401k. Right. It's, um, the, it's the amount that you're having withheld from each paycheck. Um, you're, you're assigning where that particular money goes. While, again, your, your, your larger pot can have a different allocation. So really two different choices that you have to make with, with that money. Yeah, and you know, I, I I'm not predicting the future here, but if you have a long way to go, historically it's shown stocks have performed better over a long period of time, and so you probably would be wise to sidestep trying to time markets and and allocate in that way with your current 401k allocations. But if you wanted to get a little bit more aggressive or less conservative, even with your contribution allocation in your 401k, that might be smart. Uh, because you are for every dollar that's hopefully still being put into your 401k or 403b or whatever it might be, um, maybe allocating all of that to some stock funds, you know, domestic, international, large cap, medium, small, I don't know, but stock funds instead of bond funds or stable value or something like that, that is a way to get a little bit less conservative, more aggressive, be opportunistic without having to try and time markets all together with your existing portfolio. Yeah. And I think that, you know, we, we go and kind of give examples to 
um, participants in retirement plans because I've had a couple of calls and they actually were calling me in terms of think you know trying to stop making contributions because in their mind they're thinking why am I going to buy something um, you know that's continued to drop like well, I, I could just stop making my contributions altogether um, right and really I think we all kind of use the same discussion you know if why would you pay full price a month ago for something and then you know today if it's on, if it's discounted by twenty or thirty percent why would you not want to buy it now that doesn't that does, that's illogical in the sense of you know, paying full right. price a while ago. And, and not paying for, you know, not wanting to buy something at a discount now. That's essentially what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, uh, the way I've described it to some is that when the markets go down, it's, they, you know, I get asked what happens to the money, you know, that is lost. And the answer is nothing. It's not like a, a, a lost sock in the dryer that just disappears on you. You're taking this and you're buying something with it. So if you use just, it's an asset like buying a house. You may not be able to sell your house for as much as you could have sold it for six months ago, but it doesn't mean you you still own it. It's still a thing that you have. And so the the same is true of the stock. You might be able to sell it for less now than you could have six months ago, but you might be able to sell it for more now, a year from now than you can today. And so it's like you said, get in on the discount. Um, You know, when you think about it as like a house being an asset, and if I went to somebody and said, hey, you can get this house for 30% less than you could have a little while ago, they'd automatically your brain goes to thinking, oh, this is opportunity. And if I have the cash or the availability to do it, I'm going to jump on it. But we just, a lot of people don't view their investments as an asset, as a thing that they're buying. Right. Uh, tangible. Right. It has so much more of an emotional appeal to it, when you, especially when you see it going down. Right. Absolutely. So, well, well, I mean, I, and I think that's, that's good advice. So being, being opportunistic with your contributions, as opposed to trying to time the market with your current existing allocations is a good way to go. Doing some normal rebalancing can help you to be opportunistic and probably put you in a good place in a foundation once you, you know, you want to, maybe you do want to get more aggressive once you're out of this. I think trying to change your investment objective or your perspective on things in the throes of all of this madness is, is a bit foolish, right? Yeah. Even if you're getting more aggressive it, now. It clients, when, you know, big things are happening in their lives, you don't want to make the decision, the big decisions at that point, which right. just right. doesn't make sense because the emotions are going to dictate it. You fast forward six months and you look back at your decision and, and you know, you're, you're thinking much differently. And a lot of times you, you kind of kick yourself. Right. Absolutely. Well, um, it, now I'm going to kind of change directions on this because we've covered some of this, some of these questions, these timing questions that we're getting from clients. But if you're listening to this podcast and you can't tell already, Ryan and I are recording this in different locations because we're both working from home right now in an effort to keep our clients and our staff safe at our, at our office. And so, um, it's a little bit different trying to do this this way, um, Ryan, what what are you finding difficult and easier about working from home right now? Uh, I mean, I, you know, um, I had I'll say I'll say this. I went I had to go into the office really early to avoid um, one of our workers that is there during during the day, and um, so I went in. I would say six that morning. I, I will say I, I I did log onto my computer real quickly to get something. There was just a, a nice feeling about being back in the office it was you know for even that that five minute period oh yeah absolutely this um so i don't know there's just something about being at work being with your coworkers, and being able to focus and, and maybe a different way that that i do miss um the one i will say the one biggest thing that has changed for me is because i now my mornings don't consist of getting ready getting dressed 
Um, you know, sometimes I have to iron a shirt, um, get the right. kids ready, get them, and then get them to school. Then I get to work. Now it's just I literally can can wake up, put my contacts in, brush my teeth, and start working. So so I oftentimes will start working at like six a.m. in the morning versus you know back at the office I, I wouldn't get in until seven thirty. Um, right. On the flip side, though, I will also say my wife is handling the kids with their school curriculum at home. So I will take them out now at 3.30 to do their PE and we'll go on like a one mile run. So it kind of works both ways. I start earlier, but then also some part of my time, like I'll just take, I'll, I'll take off a, a random, you know, half an hour during the day to go take the kids outside, which I would never be able to do. On yeah. Day. yeah, absolutely. I think you get the benefits of seeing your family um, more uh, and not having kind of that get ready. And, and for me, I know you're, you live much closer to the office than I do, but you know, and not having a 30 minute commute each way. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm stealing an hour back each day, which is kind of a cool thing to have. But then again, um, you do things like record a podcast with a Pokemon battle going on via zoom in the room next door. So that presents a whole special challenge yeah. in and of itself. Yes. Or, or, um, or the, you know, the neighbor, the neighbor's gardener is there and I'm trying to, and you're trying to make a phone call, but you really can't, you really can't hear the client because there's yeah, a well, the background. Yeah, thankfully everybody I think right now is in the same boat, so there's some understanding, yeah. uh, you know, regarding that kind of stuff. Um, so, with this extra time, are you are you watching or reading or listening to anything different? Any podcasts or you know what? Surprisingly, Tiger podcast. King or something like that. <laughs> the what? Tiger King. Oh, Tiger King. Actually, we started. We watched the first episode. We didn't get much deeper deeper than oh, that. It's unbelievable. <laughs> listening to as many podcasts, I kind of, I started to realize that I don't listen to podcasts at home. I mean, it becomes much more clear. I don't listen to the podcasts at home. I listen to them in the car. And since I'm not driving anywhere, right? I haven't listened to, to very many podcasts um, at, at all. The fun yeah, pod, podcast listening is down by like 50% right now. It's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying this at the end of a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> my, um, my youngest has, you know, during this time of being home has decided that he likes to bake. So on Fridays we end up baking. So that's something yeah, that's cool. That we haven't been, we really haven't been doing in the house recently, but right now I'd say, you know, we are baking, baking cookies and bread and, uh, just kind of also all sorts of things. So it's kind of fun. Yeah. I will say I, there, I think this is going to lead to some, I, of course I'm like everybody else. I can't wait for life to resume, but hopefully there are some good habits that we've developed. I know us as a family in my household that we've good habits that we've developed that I hope that we can, can, can continue really, which is, you know, eating out less, eating together at the dinner table more often, not rushing around for things that we've signed ourselves up for, those kinds of things. It's really, um, it's been eye-opening to say. Yeah, I will say that that probably would be one of the the difficult transitions, right? Of when you, when you have young kids and the activities that they have, you know, after work, you know, we're not doing that right now. Um, yeah, I think the kids are relieved a little bit too, to be honest. Or at least my kids are a little yeah, bit. Relieved. Yeah, yeah. gymnastics and dance and baseball and and then our own. You know, my wife and I volunteer and do all of this other stuff, and it's just there was something every single night and every single weekend, and it was relentless. So yeah, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting as we transition back. Yeah. Well, good. Well, we'll leave it there. Um, as we continue to work from home, probably for another couple of weeks at the very least, I imagine. So. Um, We'll cover some other topics as we get through, but uh, it's nice that we're recording this after the market closed because last time we were recording, I think the market was flying all over the place by several percentage points as we were recording. So 
Um, we'll hope that we'll hope that in the in the short term that we get a handle on things. Um, I would encourage you if you uh, if you want to keep up. Uh, we post regularly on Facebook. We post our blog on Facebook. We also post videos on Facebook, and we also have a YouTube channel. Uh, they give you a bit of a weekly update that's focused on markets and what's going on. Um, we will continue doing weekly updates as as we need to, uh, given kind of how volatile, as we mentioned, the market is. Um, you know, our preference always is we used to have a weekly newsletter, actually, but our preference is to always take the longer view on things. And so um, these weekly uh, video updates may become um, monthly video updates, but we'll see kind of how things develop here. But um, check us out on Facebook. Check us out on the website, FordFG.com. That's where our blog is. That's where our podcast is as well, uh, that this is getting posted on um, or, or any of the other places you find your podcast. So. Um, Ryan, thanks for thanks for jumping on and kind of uh, chatting about rebalancing and timing and all of that kind of stuff. I think it's an important conversation to have, especially as people are looking for a way to maybe take advantage of this drop. So. Right. No, good, good to be here. Uh, hopefully, we have some more information to share next week or so. Yeah, sounds good. All right. Well, I'll I'll, uh, I'll talk to you next week. All right. Take it easy. All right. Have a good one. The advisors with Ford Financial Group are registered representatives with and securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, and SIPC. Investment advice is offered through Ford Financial Group, a registered investment advisor and a separate entity from LPL. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Stock investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. The economic forecasts set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted. Ford Financial Group and LPL Financial do not provide tax or legal advice or services. This information is not intended as a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security referred to herein.